Beyond the Pale Ale, with Matthew Stewart. Hey everyone, this is Matt from Simplistic Reviews with another episode of Beyond the Pale Ale, episode three, since the first two episodes went so well. So this time my guest is a very good friend of mine, uh, you know, colleagues in the field and everything like that. Um, she works for one of the one of the bigger craft breweries in in the entire country. She can she can correct me if she wants to. Oh, and there's a clue. It's our first female guest of the uh, podcast as well, too. So everybody should be super stoked because she's a bad chick, and I mean bad as a badass chick. Uh, Stephanie Davis from Wicked Weed, the Tennis, what do you call yourself? The Tennessee Wicked Weed Rep? Natural Wicked Weed Rep? How, what, what uh, be I believe your... my official title is a Tennessee Lead Rep. Oh, Tennessee Lead Rep. So, yeah, in case anybody's interested, she's a Tennessee Lead Rep for Wicked Weed Brewing Company out of Asheville, North Carolina. Thanks for coming on the show, Steph. No problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, this is a been a fun little experiment we've been doing uh, for the website the past couple weeks, talking to some good people and trying to get a hold of all the crazy things that are kind of going on in the world and, you know, seeing it from a local perspective from, you know, somebody who's been in the, uh, in the business for quite a while too, because Steph definitely have some, she definitely has some credentials. I don't know if you want to go over those now or you want to go over those a little bit later before we pop open what beer we're going to drink, I guess, too. Um, okay. Well, I've been selling beer in Tennessee for seven years now. Uh, I started in Memphis and North Mississippi, moved my way up to uh, Nashville with a different smaller regional brewery. And then I worked for a wholesaler like Matt. And then two, two and a half years ago, I got my dream job, started working for my, uh, my crush brewery, Wicked Weed, when they came to Tennessee. Um, and I've just been kicking it with them ever since. I feel like they everybody's crushed brewery, you know. I know. Uh, for was... for a long time. And in a lot of ways they are, even though there there is some good growth going on with the company as well. But uh it's still, you know, high, highly sought after beer for people who can't get the beer, of course, because you guys are only in what, five, six states, seven states? How many states you got? Uh, in we're in most of the southeast and then we've got like a couple little pockets like in the northeast. So we're in, you know, Pennsylvania, we're in DC, we're in Virginia, we're kind of reaching out, uh, you know, up that way a little bit more, um, but mostly focusing on the Southeast right now. Nothing west of the Mississippi River or anything like that? Nope. Boom, there you go. So all you West Coast, you still can't get it if you want it, so bleh. (laughs) All right, well, this is, uh, I guess, my favorite part of the show uh, at this point. It might turn into everybody's favorite part of the show at some point. Is oh, we kind of go over what we're drinking right now. Um, I'll let you go first, Steph, because I think we're drinking probably two vastly different beers right now. Well, to no one's surprise, who knows me, particularly you, I'm drinking a pernicious uh, IPA, my favorite. Tell us a little bit about pernicious and how how great that beer is and still is and always will be. So pernicious um, is basically the beer that most people have heard of from Wicked Weed, um, our, our most well-known flagship IPA. It's like super bright, tropi- it's like a tropical, but also piney, just really well-balanced. It's got a higher ABV, so it really you know, kicks ass a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but drink a couple of these, like 
you just get on another level. It's great. It's award-winning, won a silver medal at uh, GABF the first year we ever entered it, which has been a few years ago now, six mm -hmm. years ago, I think. Um, but yeah, no, uh, one of the big questions I get about this beer is now that we're growing um, pretty quickly is, you know, if we are ever going to make it at a different location. But Pernicious is one of those beers. Basically, we our whole business model is so that we can continue to make Pernicious in our own home brewery just because there's no way that we could like relinquish that control because this is just our, our baby beer. We love them. Mm -hmm. Now was, was that Walt's recipe? Like who, who came up with the recipe for pernicious a little bit more history? So, um, so our owners, um, and founders, Walt Dickinson, um, and his sister, Jessica, they basically, um, Jessica was working at Dogfish Head and her and Walt were, switching back and forth, um, you know, trying different recipes. Um, and then they came up with Freak of Nature, which was actually our first IPA. Um, and then after the first year that we were open as a brewery, they went to GABF and on the way home, they were like, we need to make an IPA that will win. And they wrote the recipe while they were on the plane uh, on like a cocktail napkin, went home, started messing with it um, and created, or created Pernicious and then Within the ne the next year, we had it in full production and had it at GABF, and it won silver the next year. All that on a cocktail napkin. I didn't realize in those dreams. I know. Is that cocktail napkin somewhere like in the brewery, like in a frame? I doubt it. No, I've never seen it. In the Smithsonian Institute or something like that, maybe one day. Probably got recycled. It probably got recycled, yeah. <laughs> the OG recipe will never be seen again on that cocktail napkin. So. All right. Well, you, you're sipping on pernicious, something that's easier easier to find than I guess what I'm having. So I'm drinking a barrel aged Zabulba. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. So not a not a beer you see. I mean, I don't know why I'm drinking a barrel aged Zabulba in May in in the South because it's hot as shit right now. Of course, that's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, this is a 2017 version of it as well too. So I don't know. One of the break something special out since I'm talking to one of my one of my one of my favorite people and my special friends. So I don't know. What, what do you, what can you tell us about Zabulba besides it just being like a, a pumpkin beer? Yeah. Is a, it's a beer I have not had in a long time, to be honest. Mm. You're really like, we don't make that beer anymore. Digging in the crates um, right so, now. Yeah. <laughs> that is the, the last iteration of a uh, barrel aged Zabulba. Look at that. It's even in it's even in the old style bottle. I like it. It's yeah, probably tasting every, really good right now. Old style bottle and yeah, Imperial Pumpkin Ale, cocoa nibs, chilies, and spice. I guess I should have maybe saved this when we were talking in person or something like that. But all right, I I am gonna enjoy it. I'll, I'll probably be feeling really good by the end of this interview with this. You probably will. Too. What's the ABV on that? It's like mm, ten. This one is nine point six. So yeah, might as well be ten percent. But uh, there you go. Yeah, it's, it's a good way to start a Sunday. Absolutely. Mm, oh, and you have good. proper glassware. And proper glassware, yes, of course. I mean, I, I come prepared. I mean, I'm a person who does his research and has respect for his guests. So, all right, that's enough fucking we're talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. So, uh, if anybody who's listened to this um, podcast series before the first time, I'm bringing on people that I work with directly in uh in the trade or in the field um in the hospitality business beer business bar business um distributor partners supplier partners and we kind of are going over what the effects of the current 
pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, whatever you want to call it, um, has kind of done to the business, whether it being good or bad. Um, I think one thing that we've all kind of agreed on so far with my other guests is that, you know, alcohol and bar business, well, maybe not the bar business, but definitely the liquor bar business, people buying alcohol is recession proof. People are going to drink no matter what, but there are a lot of, you know, small bars, restaurants, people that are struggling out there. So it's interesting to see what different people's um, interpretation of what's been going on the past, let's call it 10 weeks or so, uh, especially with a lot of um, states reopening now, you know, whether people agree with it or not is another thing altogether. I'm not going to get into that whole topic, but um, talking with you, Steph, I just want to kind of go over the basics of what business with either what, what was business like before the outbreak happened? What has kind of happened during the outbreak? And what are you, what are you seeing post outbreak, post COVID? You know, are you seeing something good, bad in between? So just kind of take it, let's take, let's take it from January. What was January like all the way up until where we are talking about in May right now? So as you know, January and February, always like a little bit slower months in the beer business, uh, dry January yeah. really cuts into the beer drinking. Um, but yeah, but we were still like on a good pace. We had a lot of plans for Q2. So like ramping up into the spring season. So we I definitely in my market in Tennessee got hit pretty hard, uh, right as you know, we would have been ramping up, launching our new, you know, watermelon dragon fruit first, all that like very seasonal beers. Um, really got kind of railroaded, ran off the tracks a bit uh, with the coronavirus. Um, luckily, we're really lucky and have um, a great grocery team. And so we do still have a lot of movement in like the grocery stores and off-premise segment, which is nice. Um, but as a company overall, we are usually about 50-50 draft to package, which is not typical necessarily for most breweries, but we just have a really big um, on-premise focus. So basically half of our business fell off overnight and especially all of our brew pub and, um, you know, restaurant business. So as a company as a whole, um, you know, we're, we're pretty much like flat now. Um, so it could be doing, a, it could be a lot worse, which, you know, we're all thankful for the groceries kind of like helped us make up for it a little bit. Um, yeah, and in Tennessee, people are just buying so much beer at the grocery stores that it's kind of evening out a little bit, or at least stemming the bleeding. I wouldn't say evening out, but at least yeah. not as bad as it could be when this first started. Yeah, I mean, especially with me, I mean, as I, we've talked about, like, you know, off, off the podcast, like focusing in on off-premise, focusing on groceries, liquor stores, things like that. Those places have been, you know, definitely on fire, you know. I would say maybe more from a domestic level because if people are broke and poor and they don't have a lot of money, they're probably more likely to spend money on a six ninety nine six pack than a you know eleven twelve thirteen ninety nine four pack sometimes. But um, what um, in terms of like being an off premise, like what I mean, I, I guess what what have you seen? Like what 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 else have you seen? Kind of like seeing the off premise side of things, or what do you what are you hoping for? For like a comeback for for on-premise considering just the hit that's happening right now I even mean, though things are open. i think it's you know? it's gonna be a slow comeback mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely gonna be a slow comeback um with on-premise i think it's just that 
putting in the time, checking in on, you know, this is such a personal business. It's yeah, the people true. who own bars and restaurants are like my friends, my only friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's not going to jump back in overnight. People aren't going to be drinking as much as they were. I think it's really going to be about focus. You know, I'm mm -hmm. going to focus on selling pernicious and, you know, maybe pick one other brand, probably our first series to focus on. Just kind of get that in where it's needed and really just help out um, any way that I can. Like, luckily, Wicked Weed is in a position that we can give back a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. I know a lot of smaller breweries probably don't have that option and or that security. So my goal kind of throughout this and as we go back into opening things back up is to just sort of be like an asset to our customers and really focus on, you know, bringing the money back to them. And then I think eventually that will roll downhill and the beer sales will get back there and we'll all kind of, you know, get, get back to where we were eventually, but it's definitely going to be a long, slow trip. It is. Yeah. And you mentioned um, giving back, you know, cause we could, we, for, for as long as I've known about it and especially meeting you knowing more about it, you guys have always been very like in, interested in philanthropy and everything and giving back to the community, especially kind of like focusing in on the Southeast portion of the United States. Um, what, what are you guys doing in terms of philanthropic, philanthropic um, giving back to the community, you know, even in these times, you know, when everybody definitely needs something, but I know you guys have done things in the past with a lot of your beers as well too, you know, going, going into that a little bit more. Yeah. So I feel super lucky to work for Wicked Weed just because they honestly, from the owners down to, you know, the person sweeping the floor, everybody really has like a big heart and really, you know, cares about our, the craft beer community. Um, and so it's always been a big goal for Wicked Weed to be able to give back. And part of what we've been doing is, through our Beers That Build program. Um, so Appalachia and Coastal Love are two of our newer brands this year to Tennessee. Um, both of those have charitable components tied into them anyway. So if you purchase one of those, um, a portion of the proceeds goes back to either um, the Southern Appalachian Highlands Conservancy Fund or um, Hurricane Relief Fund, which is great. But then we've also kind of, during this pandemic, pivoted our Beers That Build program to be able to be a little more like all-encompassing. Um, so not necessarily only donating to those two causes. Um, at, actually, at the brewery, um, our restaurant, Cultura, has been cranking out a bunch of meals for people in need this whole time. So I think they're up to 5,000 meals per week that we're giving away, Jeez. which is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they're in Asheville and all the surrounding counties, too. So it's really great to be a part of that. Um, and then... Yeah, we've just, uh, I'm trying to figure out a couple, you know, charitable options to do here once things get back and rolling. Um, definitely donate some beer, have some, you know, some parties, raise some funds once mm -hmm. things get going again. Well, I mean, we've been in the, I, as you say, unenviable position that, you know, and I've talked about this with other, other guests, you know, Isaiah and Adam, um, about us having the tornado come right before the, um, uh, the, the shutdown basically happened or people were about to reopen once, you know, tornado damage was kind of uh, mitigated a little bit. And you know, I mean, you live on one side of town that got hit in a lot of ways with the, the, if you want to call it the mid middle Tennessee tornado or the Nashville tornado, whatever you want to call it, that type of thing. And I mean, you, you helped out quite a bit with the uh, um, donating 
to a few of the local businesses on the east side as well too so with one of our partners you know final tap in uh in east nashville so oh, um, i miss final tap i know you know a lot of a lot of us do the people who know i mean this is definitely where we're getting more into lo a lo locality type thing where a lot of people are like, what's vinyl tap? It's like, well, it's a Nashville thing. You know, guys don't really get it at this point, I guess. So, <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird to think about that the tornado was before all of this. It seems so long ago now. And like, yeah, but I know so many people still are just recovering from the tornado, mm -hmm. let alone coronavirus. And it's just well, putting in the perspective. I mean, the tornado was on the 3rd of March. We're only in the middle of May. So it still has only been, what, 10 weeks? You know, it hasn't been that long since we've been dealing with a lot of, a lot of crap. And not to say, not to, uh, not to uh, sell it short, a lot of other people are dealing with other crap. But at the same time, it's like, oh, well, you know, this is, this is the stuff we're dealing with here in, in Nashville, Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Well, the hits um, keep coming. They, yeah, but hopefully they're, hopefully they're coming to a, you know, they're slowing down a little bit, you know, uh, but I guess we just have to kind of see what happens. It's going to be, to your point, it's going to be a slow rise back from all this, all this stuff. Um, I guess with that being said, um, during this time where things are just slowed down, haven't been great business wise, has there been anything that you've learned about this, the community, the, the community that you're in, maybe your local community, maybe the beer community, maybe just business comedian as a whole that you've noticed may maybe something positive out of, or, you know, you're like, okay, I see like a little sliver of hope or some brightness on the horizon or anything. Um, well, just on a personal front, it's really made me like appreciate the people that we get to work with, um, you know, from bar owners to servers to, you know, wholesaler reps like you. It's just really, you know, not, it's weird when somebody, people who are part of your day every day, you don't get to see them. It really like makes you appreciate them more. Yeah. Um, and then on the business front, I mean, I just think that beer can really like heal a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's nothing that like a cold beer, you know, we're not going to be asking for any big sales or big favors from accounts for a long time, yeah. but you know, bringing somebody a cold beer can really change their day. So yeah. that's kind of just my like goal going forward and i'm just gonna spread a little bit of happiness with a cooler full of beer for a while sounds like uh, I, I don't think men i don't think uh anybody could say it better than that to be honest and that's that's how i kind of feel as well too you know being in the trenches and seeing people you know, and people got it rough out here you know they, they got it rough everywhere but you know we're we're the people you know our 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 business is not only selling but it's also in a lot of ways being somebody that somebody could talk to, you know, it's, we're, we're certainly in the social, in the business of being social on a daily basis. And of course, a beer only makes you more social, of course, though, too. So hopefully those days are coming quicker and quicker and quicker. And we won't, won't always have to be six feet apart or 60 feet apart or six miles away from everybody to uh, enjoy stuff like that. So I know I can't wait to have a beer with you again. I know well, it's coming soon. I mean, just, you know, we all got to, we, we have to set the example for responsibility because there's a lot of other people out there that aren't setting uh, a responsible precedent. But again, I'm not, we, we can't get into that at this point to each their own and everything. Um, well, thank you, Steph. Um, if there's anything else you want to talk about with Wicked Weed, if there's anything else exciting coming up down the pike, I mean, I know, you know, this, 
pandemic has definitely put a kibosh on a lot of things that could be coming out or fun things on the horizon. But I, I know there's always, you know, Walt and the team out in Nashville are always thinking of crazy things to do uh, for the market. We still have a few new things uh, up our sleeves. There you go. Uh, You're not even wearing sleeves. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, and I don't know exactly the timeline on this right now, just because we're getting kind of our feet back under us here. But we're definitely going to be seeing uh, Freak of Nature in cans, which is awesome because Freak of Nature is like one of our, you know, is our original beer, has a place in everyone's heart that works at Wicked Weed. Um, and we just finally took it out of bottles and put it into cans. So mm -hmm. I think the new branding looks awesome. Um, people are really going to dig it. And now you can take it to the beach. So it's cool. Well, it's, it's got the tentacle on it and everything too. So it's going to feel like you're in like 20,000 leagues under the sea. Or not. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, Let's see, what else do we have? Oh, and we also have a new um, beer coming out called Fresh Pressed. Hmm. And that should be coming this spring, summer time. But it is a delicious uh, wheat ale brewed with pineapple, guava, and mango. So mm -hmm. I tried a test batch last time I was at the brewery, and it was chef's kiss. Delicious. Chef's kiss. Now, is that going to be all in one can, or is that going to be the separate flavors for that Fresh Press? So... We had a grapefruit one, which mm -hmm. was also delicious, but I think in order to simplify the line, we're going to go just with the mango, guava, pineapple as fresh pressed. So there okay. won't be like a rotating series like there was. Sweet and warm. Hey, I think this, this one was so good. We were like, why rotate? It's so good. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you guys, I mean, you guys always rotate out the burst series and everything like that. Is there anything new coming from the burst series on the, on the horizon flavor-wise outside of the Let's watermelon see. dragon fruit? Um, so we'll roll with watermelon dragon fruit definitely through the summer. Um, and then once we get done with that, we will switch to a raspberry star fruit, Ooh. I believe. I have not tried it yet, but it sounds fun. Okay. And I'm sure it'll be delicious. That's a new one because you guys you know you guys are always uh, evolving the flavors. Raspberry starfruit. So we'll throw you wicked weed heads out there. That's something to look forward yep. to. I'd like to switch it up. Well, this has been another episode of Beyond the Pale Ale. I'd like to thank Stephanie Davis from Wicked Weed for joining me on this uh, ongoing adventure in the lives of beer people in a very strange new world of hospitality and beer selling business. Uh, I'll also include in the show notes at the bottom her, um, basically everything that has to do with the conservancy and the ways that Wicked Weed is giving back to the community as well, which is really, really awesome. And when it's all said and done, we'll be back with another episode of Beyond the Pale Ale. Remember, you can always email me personally uh, at matt at simplisticreviews.net, or if you just want a more generic a uh, place to send your email, hate mail, whatever mail it might be. Even inquiries about the show, whether maybe you want to be a part of it, be interviewed by me, you can go over to contact, that's C-O-N-T-A-C-T, at simplisticreviews.net. We, email, uh, we answer email pretty frequently, so your email will not go unread. So once again, this is Matt from Simplistic Reviews. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Beyond the Pale Whale. We will be back next week with another episode with another fun friend. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Pale Ale. You can find more features from Simplistic Reviews at simplisticreviews.net. And remember, bottoms up. <laughs>